Hello and welcome back to the PAL with Tani G. I'm your host, Tani G. We are in Chapter 4, Paragraph 14, Parag Dalid, Mishnah Yudalid. Remember, questions, comments, suggestions are always welcome at maximum tee at yahoo.com. We also got in special business cards and notification cards, basically with the information about this show. And we would love for you to spread word, so feel free to reach out at Maximum TEE if you would like a card and want to spread the message trying to learn with more and more people. So let's begin. Rabbi Yochanan HaSandler Omer. Rabbi Yochanan the Sandler, the shoemaker, says, as a side note, very interesting, even in the old days, in the times of the sages of the Talmud and the people of the Mishnaic times, they all... Many times, a lot of them, not all, but many times a lot of them also had jobs. They also made sure to earn a living while they were learning. As That's why they say, That's better to learn Torah and have a job because it's really important to be in the practical world and in the spiritual world because the Torah was meant to be practical. So to be a learner and an earner, to make sure you make the money and to make sure you also learn. So you'd make time for both and of course to have time for family and spouse and children included. So it's very interesting on a sign point. His name, Rabbi Yochanan Sandler, is his occupation. He was the shoemaker. It's as, if, uh, it's as if you're talking to me and I say, I'm Tani, the OT, or Tani, the Pirkeyavos guy. But the person that had the job also made sure to learn. So what does he say here? He says, Kol Every assembly that is dedicated to the sake of heaven or for the sake of heaven will in the end endure. The notes at the bottom say, the article Pirkeyavos notes, Every assembly that is dedicated to the sake of heaven or for the sake of heaven, if the participants sincerely mean to serve God, their undertakings will have eventual success. Even though they begin on a pessimistic, in auspicious note conversely there is no such guarantee if the motives of the participants are not pure consequently earnest people should not fear failure and criticism if their intentions are lofty they will have ultimate success the end of the Mishnah says, but one is that it is not for the sake of heaven Ain sofa lehiskayim will not in the end endure. They'll talk about this later in the Pirkeiavos, I believe. But I remember, as a side note, this brings to mind Korach v'chol adaso. It says later on, an argument not for the sake of heaven is Korach and his constituents. They don't even say Korach and Moshe because he was against Moses, Korach was. But it was against his own members because even amongst his own members, he didn't have real unity. He didn't really have real coordination and real unification. But it wasn't an assembly that was for the sake of heaven. He was seeking honor for himself. He was seeking renown for himself. He felt slighted. He felt left out. That he thought that people were doing things that were nepotism. That Moshe and Aaron took the honor for themselves, God forbid. And he felt left out. So that was not an assembly that was for the sake of heaven. You have to have one that is <clears throat> for the sake of heaven. Excuse me. 
And in general, we could apply this to ourselves, to our own lives. When we sit down at the Shabbos table or we sit down at the dinner table, we got to make sure that our table, our shulchan, is like the shulchan of the base of Migdash. They say nowadays we don't have the holy temple, we don't have the holy tabernacle, but what we have are the shuls, which is where we do our prayer, which constitutes um, a ramification or a difference for doing the karbonos, for doing the sacrifices. Instead of sacrifices, nowadays we have prayer. And instead of the altars, to put up the sacrifices, we have our own tables, which is our own mini altar. So when we're sitting around the table, whether it be the dinner table or the Shabbos table, if you have that in mind that you're sitting at the table of God, what should you be speaking about at the table of God? So should you be wasting time talking about trivial matters? The whole time, at least part of the time, I understand. But the whole time? And should we waste time speaking Lashon Hara or Rechilas or Motzi Shemra or Avak Lashon Hara? Any of the bad types of evil speech, real evil speech, or spreading slander, or making someone's name sound bad, or spreading, or even the dust of Lashon Hara, which you're not sure it's evil talk, but it's even the rumblings of evil talk. We should try to avoid all that. When we're sitting around the table with family and friends, you have the unique opportunity to make a sanctification of Hashem's name. Everything we do every day, we have the opportunity, but specifically at your own table, especially in your own house, when you're hosting people, you have the ability to make a difference, to make an impact on the people at your table. You could show them what your Shabbos table is involved with. And we love to have guests in my house with my wife. My wife and I love to have people. And when we're here, we try to have a nice Shabbos table. We try to make really nice food. I love to cook and bake, so I try to make the stuff. And then when we're sitting, I love to sing, so we sing some zmiras, some songs, which uplift the day, especially the Sabbath, Shabbos day. Then we try to say something on the weekly Bible portion, the Torah portion, the Parsha. We try to say a halacha or something about Shabbos. We try to learn about the laws of Shabbos a little bit. Sometimes it ends up being a page, a meal. And then we try to say now something on the Parsha for kids because we have two adorable little boys. We try to say something on the Parsha for kids. So we try to take our table to make it an assembly that is dedicated for the sake of heaven, for the sake of God a little bit. Everything we do in our life, practically we could try to make it dedicated to the sake of God as much as possible. So when you're at your own table in your own house, what will you do? How will you sit with your guests? How will you sit with the people around you? Make sure not to sit and slander other people. Make sure not to sit and judge other people. Make sure not to sit and automatically think you know everything about another person's life or another person's situation. Don't even comment about their weight or their height or how they look or how they talk because you don't know what's going on in their life. And who's to say that someone's not saying the same thing about you and you wish they wouldn't say it about you. So don't say it about others. Do unto others what you want them to do to you. You know, we talk about is the best way of going about the, ven, the lens of how to look at the view of what the Torah says. So what you want done to you, you should do to others. And don't do to others what you don't want done to you. The way you should treat others is the way that you would want yourself to be treated. And that's how we can ensure to have all our assemblies for the sake of heaven in a small practical way at our own tables with our own people, with our own families and with our guests. Not only with guests am I saying this to try to do this, but of course when you're with your family, you should consistently 
in a practical way, excuse me, try to keep this up and try to learn at the table, try to sing at the table, make the table a sanctified place where there's no Lashon Hara here. A lot of houses I go to with my wife, we see it says no Lashon Hara spoken here, which is a nice reminder that the table, the setting is supposed to be a nice, holy place where we don't talk bad, where we uplift the table and try to make that day, the Shabbos day and dinners and meals in general, a sanctified, wonderful place. Again, questions, comments, suggestions are always welcome at Maximum TEE at yahoo.com please join us next time as we look at and go through paragraph 15 mishnah tet vav and parag dalid